speaking to. Up, speak up. All right, got it. Yeah, tell me now. I always think it's a bummer when they're like, you were kind of quiet today. I'm like, ah. So you have permission to politely distract me, help me lose my train of thought. So, hello. Hello, Hello, Pullman Foursquare. And guests, it's good to see some new faces. So my name is Heidi Pagels, and my husband and I, we get a pastor here in Pullman Foursquare, and uh, we pastor together. But I see some new peeps, so I'm going to take the opportunity to say Wednesday nights we have a small group that meets for Bible study for young adults. And we would love, we love to meet new people, to have new people come and join us. So um, in the bulletin you can find my number, text me, and I will tell you where we're meeting. Because we kind of float from apartment to apartment to dorm rooms. So wherever we can find someone who's willing to host us. Um, I hear fuzz. Do you guys hear fuzz? Pretty bad? Shoot. It's pretty bad. Should I try? Oh, hence, the church is in the process of raising money for a sound system because we have a lot of fuzz. And it's distracting. It's hard for me, like, to keep my thoughts all in order, and it's hard for you because you're like, I want to, I really want to hear what she says. But it's fuzzy. So I'm looking at my sound, my lovely sound lady, and I'm asking her what I ought to do. She doesn't know. Should I grab a mic? That mic? It bothers me. Okay. Add a little more money to that. I just broke something. Thanks, Jamie. We're going to go old school. It's all right. All right. Let's take a moment and quiet our hearts. Give ourselves a little space to listen to what God has for us today. Father God, thank you for showing up when we worship today. Thank you for being present. Thank you for wanting to be with your people. As we give you this next 25 minutes, 30 minutes, um, we ask you speak to us. We want to hear from you. Um, That's why we come. We want to be known by you. We want you to know us. We invite you to come be with us. God, use me as you see fit. Um, Speak through me, despite me, um, whatever you need to do. We give you this time. It's yours. I come prepared, come with a heart ready to share. May I be able to be flexible. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. It's still fuzzy, but I'm really excited to share with you guys today. Um, I I met with God this week, 
and he was faithful and spoke to me. And so I'm excited to articulate that. And um, I feel encouraged that God has something for you today. So our, our next sermon series is called The Listening Life. And those are earbuds, a little phase out, but those are earbuds. And um, ironically, as I was preparing my sermon, I started on Tuesday. I was driving to Cottonwood to spend a day by myself at St. Gertrude's, which is a retreat center. And I was going there to be quiet and to write my message and to get away. It's about an hour and a half in the middle of nowhere. It's so beautiful. And as I was heading down there, I said, God, I'm going to be speaking this week. Do you, you know, let's start thinking about it, praying about it together. And um, I kind of had a picture of earphones, but differently. So last week, Emma, my daughter, was cleaning the bathroom, and she had earbuds in. And I'm like standing outside the bathroom. Have you had, I'm talking to her, and I'm talking to her, and I'm just talking away. And then you get this feeling like, I think I'm talking to myself. Like there's no body language. They're not moving towards you. And you're like, I'm completely talking to myself. And so then you kind of get close, and you're like, hey, Emma. You know, like, you know, somebody with earbuds in. I'm like, hey. And you get like nothing. And then you're practically shouting, which is kind of awkward. If she didn't have earbuds, it'd be, it'd be rude. I'm like, Emma. And they look at you like, are you talking to me? Have you guys had that? Are you talking to me? And I felt like that sometimes that's how we go through life. Like we have these imaginary earbuds in. We get together with our friends and we're like there, we're there in person, but we have so much going on, so many thoughts that it's like, I'm with you, but I have earbuds in and I never connected with you. Or I feel like sometimes with my kids or with our family, the people that are closest to you, your roommates, right? You're tired. They're talking to you. They're interacting with you. And then they ask you a question and you're like, I had earbuds in. Were you talking to me? Can you repeat that, please? And then I was thinking about it. I think sometimes I come to church with earbuds in. Like, I'm here. I'm sitting here. I got a lot of things going through my head, but I got my earbuds. I'm here in person. But God would have to pretty much, or the people around me, would pretty much have to yell, like yell to get my attention. They have to be like, Heidi! And God does sometimes yell. Like sometimes people say, God sh shouted at me to get my attention. God did anything. But if we look in scripture, that's not how God consistently talks to us. He whispers. More often than not, in the still and the quiet. And so I want to invite you the next six weeks when you come to take your earbuds out. And that if God whispers, you're listening so closely that you'll hear. And when there's some person here who needs you, who needs to hear from you, who needs you to pray for them, that you will have your earbuds out and you can see them. Um, so about three years ago, I read a book that was recommended to me. So I don't know if you guys have someone in, in your profession, because a lot of you are students or, doctor, or doctoral students or professors, and if there's a certain person in your field, and if they say, read this, you're like, I'm on it. Like, or you need to know about this, you're like, I'm on it. So Jamie and I have this person for us, and it's a pastor 
He's probably 20, 25 years older than us. And when Joe says, read this, it's in our Amazon cart, and we will be reading it shortly. And one of the books he recommended to us was The Listening Life. And I read it, and it was such a new idea for me that I was like, is this biblical? Like, is, is he have an agenda? Like, he's trying to make the Bible say what he wants it to say because he wants us to hear this? That's how foreign the idea was to me of listening to other people and listening to God. So when I come to you, I've been doing this for three years working on listening, and I would still say I am not the best listener. I'm, I'm learning, but I am not the best listener. So often people say pastors preach what they need to hear or what God's been teaching them. Once again, I will be sharing with you what God has been working in me and teaching me first. It's kind of ironic that, um, that listening would be such a foreign idea to me because I was reminded this week that in the order of St. Benedict, the very first word is listen. So for other faiths, other like for the Catholics, the very first word is listen. And I come to it from my evangelical background. I'm like, is that biblical? And I would like to say to you, yes, it's extremely biblical. And I'd like to show you today, kind of brush stroke through the Bible, how it is biblical, how God speaks and how he listens and how he's asking us to listen and to speak. So first of all, I want to start where we often start at church. I'm like, this is, we start here all the time. We're going to start in Genesis. We're going to start at creation. So at the very beginning, the very first encounter that God ever has with this universe is he speaks. So in kind of a way, like, the universe must have an ear because it obeyed. So God spoke over and over again. God spoke, and there were animals. God spoke, and there was water. So the very beginning of all creation starts with God speaking. And then, if you throw up here, the first verse we have is Genesis 1.28. This is God's first encounter with humanity, us. And what does it look like? We'll get there. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them and said to them, I'm paraphrasing, Be fruitful and multiply. So the very first encounter that God has is he's speaking to us. And then as you go just a wee bit further, the next encounter is God saying, hey, why don't you come with me in the garden and I'll walk with you and we can um, speak together. So there God's saying, come, I'm speaking, come be with me. As we move forward, we go into Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6.4, and I will look it up as they figure that out. It's no worries. Deuteronomy. So we go a little bit farther. We go to Deuteronomy 6, 4. It's the fifth book in the Bible. It's quiet. It's kind of nice. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. All through this chapter, God is saying, Hear. Hear, O Israel. The word is Shema, and it means listen. So as we come further into the New Testament, as we come further into the Old Testament, and we see God creating a relationship with people, he's saying, listen. Listen to me. All through this chapter, he's saying, listen to me. I'm speaking to you. And 
So in the Jewish faith, even today, when they wake up in the morning, they say, Hero Israel. Do we get it? Ah, oh, Hero Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. They're saying, listen. So when they wake up in the morning, the very first thing they say to themselves is, listen. Listen to God. And this is kind of what I find interesting, and I've been kind of putting my brain around it. And when they go to bed, they say, listen. So as they start their day, they say, listen to God, but also as they're going to sleep. It's kind of like allowing God to speak to you as you're resting in your dreams. It's kind of an interesting idea. So they have the beginning and the evening. Um, what I've been saying is when I wake up in the morning, is I've been saying before I do anything, I just lay there and I'm like, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I've been starting to say that each morning. But I just lay there in bed. I don't do anything. I'm like, speak, Lord. I'm here, I'm showing up, and I'm listening. As we look farther into the New Testament and we look at Jesus, I would say that the first step in discipleship is listening. Jesus says to the fishermen, he invites them and he says, hey, come follow me. So they have to listen. They would never come and follow him if they weren't listening And what Jesus was inviting them to is to come and to journey with him around the countryside. They went with him everywhere, and they listened. They listened to what he had to say. Um, And they watched, I would say. He was inviting them to listen and to watch. And I think why a lot of us are here today is because we first heard that where God said, Sandy, Sandy, come follow me. Come give it a try some way. He says it different. He says it how you need to hear it. But he says, Kathy, come follow me. That's the first step in discipleship is to hear God. And then you say, okay, I'll come. I'll see what you have for me. It's the first step. I think in our culture, we're not very great at listening. We're not very good at it. I'm not very good at it. I think God calls us to first listen and then to speak. To first grow in your faith, and then to share it. I think instead, this is what we prefer. Instead, we speak our minds, and we assert ourselves, and they take priority over listening. We interrupt someone else because we are convinced we already know what he or she is going to say. We begin to take up more space than we allow for others. We consider ourselves experts on topics without anything more to learn. This is a great sentence. We begin to take up more space than we allow for others. I'd sum it up as we speak volumes, but we listen in snippets. It's true of me sometimes. My friends could tell you. I speak volumes, but I listen in snippets. So Professor David Benner, he's a Christian um, psychologist, professor. He also writes books, well well worth reading. He says, um, a major obstacle to growth in our listening is that most of us already think that we are good listeners. We're like, I am a good listener. I I ironically have a family member who frequently tells me that she's a really good listener. She's not. She's not a good listener. I won't say that I am, but she's not. She doesn't listen to me. I don't feel heard when I'm with her. I feel talked at. So I'd like us to start 
with the fact that we probably aren't good listeners and that we're called to listen. So I've thought about this. We spend in our country millions and millions of dollars to see therapists, counselors, psychologists. And I think, I think that a lot of it is for mental health issues. I think a lot of it is because the people that the most meaningful relationships around us that we're not feeling heard. I've heard it said that a lot of people just need somebody to listen to them because the people around them don't know how to listen to them. Um, last February, Jamie and I went to life coaching. Uh, it's a training. Basically, it's a training on teaching you how to listen and ask good questions. We went to this training with 40 pastors. And one of the pastors said, well, don't you find that pastors are better listeners than other people? And the guy goes, no, frankly, I don't. I don't think you're any better at listening than the next businessman or woman. And we're like, ouch, right? Ouch. Um, with life coaching, when you're doing it correctly, I speak 20% of the time, and you speak 80% of the time. I'm supposed to listen. When I've done, I've started practicing life coaching. So people have been like, does that mean you're like stinking at life? Is that why you need a life coach? Like you're just not quite measuring up. You're not like good at it. Is that what life coaching? No. So what life coaching is about is maybe there's an area, any area in your life that you you feel stuck. Like I'm stuck. It could be anything. And you're like, I would really love to move forward in that area. So you meet with a life coach and you talk about it and they listen and ask good questions if we're doing it correctly. But at the end of life coaching, there's, there's a set of questions. And one of them is, this is one of the ones at the end. What was the most helpful from our conversation today? What was the most helpful from our conversation? And do you know what people frequently say? You listen to me. That's what I hear a lot, and I'm not even surprised. You listen to me. Someone listened to me. You didn't tell me what to do. You just listen to me. I think um, we really, really want to be listened to. Today I'd like to share with you one of my favorite passages that talks about how God listens to us. Maybe not favorite. I'm not going to say favorite. That's an exaggeration. It's one of my passages that confounds me about how God listens to us. That's fair. So the passage is Genesis 18. And we're going to start at 20 and 21. And we're going to work our way through. So if you know the story, you'll know it's slightly disturbing. Sometimes the way God works in the Old Testament is disturbing to us. It's not how things work anymore. It's not how we would like to see God work. He destroys things. He wipes things out. That's disturbing. Um, this is one of them. So Genesis 18. We're going to start there. I'm going to read the first two verses. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. So this says, this is a story of Sodom and Gomorrah. They had become so horrific, so vile, so evil, that God said, I, I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to wipe them out. 
Um, I don't know how vile and horrible that would have to be. It kind of goes on and explains in the next chapter. But I don't really like that God would destroy a whole city. But that's what happens here. But what I find interesting is God was listening. Like sometimes when horrible things happen, like with Hitler, you're like, God, are you listening? Where are you? And this passage shows us that God was listening. He heard the outcry. That's what it says. He heard the outcry. So I have to trust, like in Uganda, that he's hearing the outcry that he hears. And he's like, I'm going to go check it out and see if it's really as bad as it's been said. So it goes on in verse 23. Then Abraham drew near and said, so Abraham and God are having a conversation about Sodom and Gomorrah. Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place. So Abraham and God are having a conversation. And he says, Abraham boldly says, If there are 50, will you please not destroy this place? And God says, Okay, if there's 50. And I kind of think Abraham's sitting there going, I don't think there's 50. I'm pretty sure I can't think of 50 people. So he says, okay, let's try this again. So Abraham says in the next one, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it. If I find 45 there. So God changed his mind says, okay, 45. Then, Abraham's thinking, I don't think there's 45 here. I can't think of 45 people. And it goes all the way until he gets to this last section. Listen to this. Then he said, this conversation been going on for a while, oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again. But this once, suppose 10, just 10. Abraham's like, there's got to be 10 are found there. And he answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to this place. I think why whenever I read this, I'm like, wow. It's because God changed his mind. Because somebody asked. Because somebody pleaded. God changes his mind. And I was like, God, when I pray, will you change your mind? Will you have mercy on people around me when I pray? I've always wondered, though, why? Why? Why did God change his mind? So this week, when I was at Cottonwood, I got to meet with my spiritual director. Her name is Sister Lillian. And we talked for about an hour. And then at the end, she's like, what's your homily on this week? I was like, she means sermon? I think she means sermon. And I was like, you mean my sermon? She's like, yeah. And I told her, and she's like, what passages are you going to speak on? And we started talking about my sermon. I never in a million years thought I'd be talking about, as a charismatic pastor, my sermon with a Catholic nun, which blew my brain. It was so fun. She knows the scripture so well. And, um, 
And I said to her, why? Why did God change his mind? I love that God changed his mind. But why? And she says, because God listens with his heart. God changes his mind when we pray on our behalf because God listens to us with his heart. I was like, oh. She said, and we listen with our hearts. And she said, God doesn't just listen with his ears. And then she said, look at the story of Jesus in the New Testament. There was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. And she touched Jesus. And he listened. She just touched him. And he healed her. He listened. I've heard it said by a lot of people that God doesn't speak. I don't hear him. God doesn't speak to me. I I would like to propose to you that you haven't learned how to listen yet. God does speak and he does listen. And he will speak to you. I propose that you have not yet learned how to listen, but you can. But you can. When I showed up this week at Sister Wendy's on Tuesday, I was kind of a mess. I hadn't slept in several nights, more than three or four hours, and I was in a felt in a hustle, and I felt very, very anxious. And... I said to her, I'm confused. I do the things to ground me. I sit and spend time in God's word. I exercise. I I have things that are good for me. I'm like, I am not sleeping. When life is at, I told her, when life is at summer schedule, right, summer, I do really well. I sleep well. I focus well. But when life gets busy, when life goes into that busy mode, I, I struggle. I can't maintain who I want to be. And I feel anxious. And I lose sleep. And I don't want to be that way. I don't feel like that's what I'm called to be. I'm like, I want to be present with the people. When I have the women's retreat, I don't want to be all up in a hustle and distracted and tired. I want to be present with people. I want to be relaxed. I want to have something to offer people. Who wants a pastor that's stressed out? Who has nothing to offer? Who wants friends, really, who have nothing to offer? I said, I don't want to be this way. I look at the next two months and I think, I can't wait till they're over. I go, I don't want to be that way. I want to savor each moment. I want to savor the busy. I want to stop and breathe. And she said to me can you stop for a minute in your busiest moments throughout the day for one minute and breathe just breathe can you stop for a minute while you're making dinner and gaze out the window and pray when you're folding the laundry 
when you're washing the dishes, when you're doing the things that you have to do, can you stop for a minute and remember what you're doing is for Jesus? I'm folding these clothes for Jesus. Everything that you do is for Jesus. Can you stop 20 times during your day in the busiest moments and breathe and gaze? And she asked me, can you do it? And I'm like, I think I can. (laughs) That's what I said. I think I can. She goes, it's in you. You want to. I think you can. I've talked to a lot of you in Texas, several of you, it's only a few weeks in, and you're already like, (gasps) the anxiety is so high, so high. This is a stressful place we live in, this university town. I'm not, I feel like sometimes I absorb it. Like, I'm like, I don't even know why I'm this way. I'm not a student. Um, can you stop for a moment and listen to the God who speaks? Can you give him a minute? Can you stop for a minute and savor what God has given you in that moment? I went home and I did a lot, a lot of minutes. A lot of stopping, a lot of breathing, a lot of savoring, a lot of Jesus, I'm doing this for you. When I go to pick up after school, I go to actually talk to people, to look at them, to listen to them, instead of just pick my kid up and run. Um, I think that God is inviting you to find minutes in your day listen, breathe, just breathe, to gaze, to be still, to remember that I'm doing everything, everything I do. I study, I use this brain God's given me, I teach for Jesus. And it changed everything for me this week. Well, I probably have to struggle again and remind myself and do it again, yes, Um, probably I have a quote. It's a quote for me. This is for me. God is coming at us a thousand times each day. If we will take a moment to look and listen. God is coming at you. We, us, a thousand times each day. If we will take a moment to look and listen. As the worship band comes up, I'd like you to take a moment and think about what would it look like for you to take a minute or 20 minutes during your day to stop, to breathe, to savor, to look at the person in front of you, take your earbuds out and be present with the people around you. So why don't we take um, something we kind of like to do here that's pretty countercultural, so I'll tell you if you're new. We actually sometimes like to sit in a little bit of quiet because ironically, we find when we stop talking, whoever's speaking, that people hear from God. We'll hear like, hey, when you stop preaching, I heard from God. I'm like, that's great, thanks. (laughs) I've heard it so many times now. So we're going to take 60 minutes for you. And if it's new to you, Oh, yeah. 
Right, we do that every week, right? No, seconds. Hey, you're listening to me at the end. I feel so loved. <laughs> Thanks, Angel. So we're going to take 60 seconds, and we're going to listen. Oh, I think I forgot one of my really cool quotes. The reason that we learn to listen is because we want to learn to love. It's because we want to love. That's why. So, all right, take 60 seconds. <laughs> 